If you have your Bible nearby or your electronic device that has the scriptures on it, please turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13 will be our focus in these minutes together this morning. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13. It was the old country preacher, Vance Havner, who would oftentimes say it's the preacher's job to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. That's true. And the only way those things can be done is if the preacher preaches the Word of God, because the Word of God will do the work as the Spirit of God who wrote the Word of God works the Word of God into the child of God. And so the Word of God is the handiwork masterpiece of the Holy Spirit who inspired every bit of it. I've only had two surgeries in my life. My first surgery was an oral surgery to remove two wisdom teeth. And my second surgery was on my wrist. And because I was running out of health insurance before I left Pennsylvania, I decided to deal with the carpal tunnel syndrome in both of my wrists at the same time. And so I went to the uh, surgery place and uh, presented myself to be there to have both wrists operated on at the same time. It's kind of hilarious. The admitting nurse took a clipboard. She confirmed who I was, where I lived, and so forth and so on. And then I said, in joking, I said, you know, we're both in the same business. And she said, what do you mean? I said, we both put people to sleep. I'm a preacher. Oh, yes. Okay. So then the doctor was within earshot, the surgeon, and he had his own clipboard. He was doing his own thing. And just to put a little joke his way, I said to the nurse, knowing the doctor could hear me, I said, I understand you're buying. She said, you're having both wrists done today, Pastor Elliot. I said, yeah. And then I said, so the surgeon can hear. I understand you're getting a buy one, buy free, buy one, get one free offer. Surgery, that's why I raised the topic. Surgery is something that very few of us will sign up for voluntarily, uh, just to have a surgery for the sake of having a surgery. I know there are some surgeries that people decide to do. They call them elective surgeries. I get that. But what I'm saying is that surgeries that we really need, we know we really need them, and we decide to really have them because a doctor who's caring for our health says, you need to have this surgery. It's going to improve your health. It's going to improve your life, and so forth. And so today we're going to look at God's instrument, scalpel, with which he does spiritual surgery. We said last time in this verse that God's word, the Bible, is living and it is active. And that was the two-thirds of what verse 12 teach. And now we come to the third of three parts of what verse 12 teaches about the word of God. And that is that the word of God is active and sharp. The word of God is sharp, sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Look at Hebrews 4.12 with me, will you? For the word of God is living, there it is, and active, there it is, and sharper than any two-edged sword, there it is, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God is called a two-edged sword. The Greek word, which is translated into English in this verse as sword, is makeran, makeran. It had two possible meanings. Either it was the executioner's sword, or it was a personal dagger. And context told you which kind of sword was in view in any particular verse. In Romans 13, verse 4, a sword is also mentioned. 
And it says there, for it, that is previous context, rulers and governing authorities, they are a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword. There it is. And in this context, that's the executioner's sword, three or more feet long, single-edged, used to behead a person convicted of a capital crime. For it does not bear the sword for nothing, for it is a minister of God as an avenger who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil. And so it's clear from the context of Romans 13.4 that that particular verse cites an executioner's large and heavy sword. But such a large and heavy sword isn't what we have in view in the Armor of God passage. In Ephesians 6.17, it says in the Armor of God passage, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, capital S, which is the word of God. This sword in Ephesians 6.17 is not the long, heavy, big executioner's sword. It's the razor-sharp, two-edged razor-sharp dagger, six to 18 inches long, that was used in hand-to-hand fighting. A dagger, a sharp, a razor-sharp dagger. And here in uh, Hebrews 4, verse 12, this two-edged sword dagger is what's in view. And the point of all of this is that the Word of God, your Bible, is a very sharp dagger. It's a very razor-sharp scalpel with which God the Holy Spirit performs spiritual surgery as needed in our Christian lives. And the Bible as a razor-sharp, two-edged dagger or scalpel does the work necessary to help us heal spiritually. Verse 12 goes on to tell us what the Word of God does. And it tells us in the first part of verse 12 that it pierces. The Word of God pierces the reader. And second, the Word of God judges the reader of the Bible. The Bible is no ordinary sharp dagger, though, or scalpel, because not only can it cut and pierce, it can also even judge the intentions and the motives of the heart. That's extraordinary. A surgeon uses a very sharp, small dagger that we call a scalpel, and a good surgeon knows how to use a scalpel very adroitly, very carefully, skillfully, A good surgeon pierces in a surgery where necessary and cuts in a surgery where necessary. That's a good surgeon. But a very good surgeon makes medical judgments with his or her scalpel. Where the cancer is, how big it is, to what is the cancer's tumor attached? Is this likely a benign or a malignant cancer's tumor? And how long has it likely been in the body, this tumor? And so the Word of God, the Bible, pierces and it judges. Now let me take these one at a time. So the Word of God pierces, verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul 
and spirit of both joints and marrow. This means that the word of God cuts through and pierces the reader of scripture. No matter how grizzled our soul, the word of God can pierce our souls. No matter how tough our spirits, the word can penetrate our spirits. No matter how leathery are our joints, the word of God can free those joints up. No matter how rock hard our marrow, the word can dice that marrow up where necessary. The bottom line, there are good surgeons who look at a patient and conclude that they are beyond surgery. They have their pre-op consultation with a good surgeon, and some good surgeons will tell you it's too late for surgery. It's too great a risk. The upside is too small. You came to me too late. You should have come to me months or years before now. It won't cure anything if we operate now. It won't save your life. But in wonderful, wonderful contrast to those human good surgeons is that our great physician, the Lord of the word, never concludes that we are beyond the scalpel of scripture. He never says, you've gone too far. There's no use the scalpel of the Bible being applied to your spiritual parts that need spiritual surgery. God, a great physician, never says that. So viewer, if you are sitting where you're sitting and viewing our live stream and you're thinking, have I gone too far? Am I beyond spiritual healing? Have I just blown it so bad there's no point even reading the Bible anymore? Please know you haven't gone too far. God's grace can reach you. And the scriptures are a scalpel that the Holy Spirit who wrote those scriptures will use to do spiritual surgery on you. And they will have positive effect. It will remove pain. It will bring hope. It will promote healing. It will do what needs to be done. And so, no matter how spiritually grizzled I am, no matter how tough I've made myself toward the things of God, the word of God is a sharp enough scalpel which can be used spiritual surgery by the master physician, the spirit of God who wrote the Bible. And so the obvious question comes up for me to ask you with respect and candor. When was the last time you came under the knife? This morning? Yesterday morning? Bedtime Tuesday passed. Bedtime Monday passed. When was the last time you came under the knife? Just you and the Bible and the Holy Spirit in the operating theater of your soul. When was the last time you came under the knife? And so in the first place, we're seeing from the text that the word of God pierces 
But amazingly, in the second place, the word of God judges. Do you see it there in verse 12? I'll read the whole verse. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow. Now watch this. And able to judge, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's amazing. This is one smart dagger. This is one intelligent, astute, and perceptive scalpel. It can actually discern my thoughts as I read the word. It can actually evaluate my motives when I read the Bible. Spurgeon wrote, he that reads his Bible to find fault with it will soon discover that the Bible finds fault with him. That's because the Bible judges. And because it judges, we get profound and not always comforting insights into our deepest reflections and motivations when we simply read the Bible with prayer. You don't have to be a Bible college graduate. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher. If you know Christ as Savior, the Spirit of God lives in you permanently, and the author of the Bible lives in you. So every time any Christian reads the Bible, God will minister to that Christian piercing and judging. So don't read it in a hurry. Don't race through your daily Bible readings to get through the whole of the Bible in one year, although that's a worthwhile exercise. I've done that many times. But don't hurry. Don't rush. Take your time. Ponder. Meditate. Pray. Let the Word of God sink into the ground of your life, like I hear the rain dripping around the church building, uh, soaking into the ground all around the church campus. Don't hurry. And the fact is, of course, we need desperately this intelligent dagger scalpel called the Word because we can no way figure out our own hearts. (laughs) That's what the prophet Jeremiah said in 17 verse 9. He said, the heart is more deceitful than all else. And desperately sick. Who can understand it? And the answer expected to that question is no one. But God can. God can understand our deceitful and desperately sick hearts. And he can do surgery on them with the dagger and the scalpel of his word. Oh, what a precious, precious word we hold in our hands and I trust in our hearts. Now, the other thing I should say before I move away from a deceitful and a desperately sick heart, we cannot do (laughs) self-surgery. There is no cardiologist, no cardiac surgeon who can operate on her own heart. (laughs) Impossible. The anesthetic. None of us can operate and do surgery on our own hearts. We'll be deceived by our flesh. We'll make excuses. We'll pass the buck. We'll blame. And so if we want and need spiritual surgery on our hearts, we must have the word of God in the hand of the Holy Spirit to do that piercing and judging surgery. 12 again. For the word of God is living 
and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. You know, there is another judge, and he is the one who wrote the Bible in a way that the Bible judges. And that one, of course, is God himself. He's a judge. Verse 13, and there is no creature, viewer, you are not exempt. I am not exempt. There is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The judge who wrote scripture that can be a judge is a judge. And he is all-knowing. That is, he is omniscient. He is God. He is our judge. He is everywhere present. That is, he is omnipresent. He is also our judge. The verse 13 says, there is no creature hidden from his sight. We can run, but we can't hide from God. We should have learned from Adam and Eve after they sinned and they tried to hide themselves in the garden. They were aware of their nakedness and their uh, breaking of God's rule about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they tried to hide. <laughs> that was foolhardy. God knew exactly where they were. Similarly, it's foolhardy for any of us to try to hide from God. He knows where we are. No creature is hidden from his sight. That either makes you very comforted if you're living righteously, or that makes you very paranoid if you're living unrighteously. It's that simple. Verse 13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, the Greek word here behind the English translation of open but all things are open and laid bare. It's a very rare Greek word. In fact, it's the only place is here in all of the New Testament where this particular Greek word, which is translated open, appears in all of the New Testament. Now, in non-biblical literature of that day, this same Greek word appeared, and it spoke of an open and an exposed throat. I'm going to get a little gory here. An open or an exposed throat, which is about to be cut, either in battle or an animal for sacrifice or in an execution. And the point here that's being made is that all things are open. That means that unbelieving persons in Christ have no defense to offer to the charges which God will bring according to his word in the great white throne judgment. People who've rejected Jesus Christ, their throats will be laid open in vulnerability and defenselessness to judge Jesus in Revelation 20, 11 to 15. And he will sentence each one who rejected him to a Christless eternity in hell according to their deeds because their names are not found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I have dogs. I've always had dogs, enjoy dogs. One of the things that you who appreciate dogs and know anything about dogs know that when dogs fight, when one dog says, hey, I give up, he rolls on his back, feet in the air, lifts his chin, and gives his open neck to the other dog he's been fighting with. He's saying, I'm not going to fight anymore. I surrender. That's the idea here. 
in this verse. Let's read our two verses again. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit, of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Of course, when we know Christ as Savior, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. So we won't appear before the, the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20. We've been uh, excused. We've been uh, redeemed. We've been uh, forgiven. But viewer, if you've never come to Christ in faith for salvation, you don't want to appear before the judge Jesus with your throat laid bare in total vulnerability and defenselessness. Trust Jesus to be your Savior. And so the Word of God, the Bible, is a sharp knife. It pierces and it judges. There may be some viewing us today or later who have a hard person in their life person they love and don't want to see to go to hell, a person they want to come to Christ in saving faith for salvation, a person that's been resistant, resistant, even maybe teasing about Christ or minimizing or making light about Jesus Christ. And you're sitting here listening to this sermon about the Word of God being living and active and sharp a scalpel and the surgeon, the Holy Spirit's hand to do spiritual surgery. And you're thinking, quite honestly, if the truth be told, you're thinking, but that doesn't apply to my friend. Or that doesn't apply to so-and-so or such-and-such. I want to tell you a true story. It comes from Kent Hughes, who wrote a commentary on the book of Hebrews. And I'll quote Hughes' recollection of this incident in history. Quote, when God wills it, his word will pierce anyone. George Whitfield, the great 18th century evangelist, was hounded by a group of detractors who called themselves the Hellfire Club. They derided his work and mocked him. On one occasion, one of them, a man named Thorpe, was mimicking Whitfield as he preached to the cronies, delivering his sermon with brilliant accuracy, perfectly imitating his tone and facial expressions, when he himself was so pierced that he sat down and was converted on the spot. Mr. Thorpe, went on to become a prominent Christian leader in the city of Bristol. Thorpe was a nasty man doing a nasty deed, but in his nastiness, he was far ahead of so many because he was hearing and interacting with God's word. Nothing would have happened if he had let it all go by indifferently. And then this is a very thought-provoking part of this quote. The soul safest from God's penetrating word is never the unhappy hearer, but those, though hearing, never hear and never resist. 
I'll interject to the quote. This is why the Lord Jesus, so often in the account of the New Testament, said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. The person who hears the Bible, maybe Sunday by Sunday, but never hears the Bible, is in a worse spiritual state than the mocker and the mimic of Whitfield, who at least interacted with the Bible when he was doing an impersonation of Whitfield preaching it. Going back to the quote, tragically, many of these are regular church attenders. The true hearer, wittingly or unwittingly, invites the divine surgeon to do his gracious cutting, end of quote. We started with the truth that very few persons will sign up for non-elective surgeries. Persons who have non-elective surgeries will have them because they've been told they must have them, and they believe it. We must read the piercing and the judging word of God because we must be changed. We all must be changed to be more like Jesus Christ. And we can't do that without the surgery of the word of God. The surgeon of the Holy Spirit taking the scalpel of the word of God and doing spiritual surgery on us is how we will advance in Christ-likeness and God will be glorified. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice in the gift of your word. We recognize with the writer of Hebrews that it's a living word, an active word, and a sharp word. We're grateful that it pierces and it judges. We're grateful that it is a scalpel that it's never too late for the Holy Spirit to utilize for our spiritual healing. We pray, Lord, for our own Mr. Thorpes, the persons that we are tempted to write off, who we just don't see any movement toward Christ. We pray for our Mr. Thorpes, that they would come under the sound of Scripture, and that they would be cause to bow the knee in faith at the foot of the cross to Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for ourselves as Christians, knowing we need to be made more like Jesus and surgery is often needed. May the word of God deal with the sin diseases in my heart and our hearts, that habit, that attitude, that pride, that unforgiveness, that selfishness, that secret sin. Lord, thank you for your word. May we be in it, and may it be in us this week. For we pray in Jesus' name and for Jesus' sake, amen.